from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Coming up, the second of several Ipswich Today Election Watch special episodes. Until Council Election Day, former Ipswich Councillor Cheryl Bromwich joins the show on a regular basis to talk about the campaign. Cheryl provides unique insights being a former councillor and offers commentary on candidates and incumbents. In this episode, the campaign has officially begun with nominations open this week. Jim Madden is the talk of the town and what are the challenges facing every candidate when pre-poll opens and on election day? It's Thursday, February 1, 2024, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Thank you for joining Ipswich today, Cheryl Bromwich. Hi, Alan. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. The race is on. Candidates can now officially nominate with the Electoral Commission of Queensland. It really is the pointy end of the business for candidates. What's the election timeline? Well, Alan, the nominations for the candidates open on the 29th of January. They close on Tuesday, the 13th of February at 12pm. So that's interesting that it closes in the middle of the day. And then the ballot draw is the next day at 10am. Did that happen when you were a councillor, the midday closing? Yeah, and that's a bit of a catch for people because people think it's still a normal whole day to actually lodge their nomination forms. And the nomination forms are not just signing and paying for your um, nomination. To get a nomination, you need at least seven electors within your electorate to actually nominate you. And that's a bit of a process. I think people don't realise there's another step as well as doing the training course that needs to be done as well and that number recorded on your nomination form. Well, that's new last time too, isn't it? The training course. So there's a few steps to go through. So if you're thinking of nominating, don't be caught out. Cheryl, you said last time the 2020 election was held under COVID restrictions, which of course I'd I'd nearly forgotten. How could I? There were challenges last time that they didn't have and there'll be a few challenges this time. One I can think of is like having enough volunteers at all all the polling booths. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting because people may need to cast their mind back to the Triple C inquiry of Operation Belcara, and that was around the election processes and how things actually uh, took place. And a couple of the issues that were raised that are, are notable that will be need to have a bit of scrutiny again is the use of the joint how-to-vote cards with your preferred mayoral candidate because it could be deemed as a team, but the ECQ, when they approved the ballot, and also your how-to-vote cards will actually uh, make a comment whether they approve them or not. And the other is about the use of joint volunteers and those volunteers handing out other people's candidates' how-to-vote cards at those locations. So you can see uh, people might be a bit worried about um, volunteering on the day because of those issues that were raised in Operation Balkara. And that reports online if anyone's interested in having a read of the uh, issues that uh, the Triple C had brought up at the time. Prior to that uh, report, Cheryl, 
I don't think anybody cared who handed out how to vote cards as long as they were being handed out, I guess. And and some people were friendly with the mayoral candidate and vice versa. How difficult will it be to organise the right number of volunteers? It's actually quite difficult because you call not only on, you know, sometimes political friends, but also friends and family because it's a long day of standing at a, a polling booth and you're in the weather, whether it's really steaming hot or it's raining. But there's also the pre-poll that goes on before that that um, need to be staffed. So that's a couple of weeks, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, it starts on the 4th of March. So you could see that's a couple of weeks up to the 16th being the, the day of the actual stand-up election. So you have to find people from basically 9am to 6 on a pre-poll versus 8am to 6pm on the day of the election, exactly. And volunteers are volunteers. They don't expect to be abused. They also expect to be fed and watered by the candidate, so that's another job. That's right. So usually you have a bit of a, a team that's making your salad rolls and your drinks, and, you know, it's it's another way of saying thank you before you sort of have your party that night as a way to thank everybody and um, that's the best way that you could sort of move forward to try and say thank you to those people for all the help and guidance that they're giving you. Sticking with the how to vote cards Cheryl as we're now in the digital age how important is a printed copy at the polling booth? This has been a hot topic for a very long time because one stage people suggested maybe putting one up in each of the boxes where you go and mark your ballot form. A lot of people have already made their mind up before they turn up to a polling booth, but there's other people who might be looking at doing preferences and seeing where their preferred candidate might be allocating their preferences to. Whether they follow it or not is another thing, but uh, you've got to make them available and and it's seen as a presence because I feel that if you've got people handing out for you on a polling booth, it actually sends a bit of a message to those people who are going forward. This person is organised. This person really wants to have this position and that uh, they have the community support behind them to be in that role. The big news over the weekend was Jim Madden resigning immediately from State Parliament to run for Division 4. You know this division very well or that area very well. How do you think he'll go? Um, everyone has a chance. I can like to say that up front. Um, the whole area of Division 4 is within the current Ipswich West boundaries and it will be a bit of an advantage for Jim that he actually knows the area and he has that name recognition that a lot of people, when they look at a, a ballot form, look for someone that they actually know. But the problem will be is because the state election by-election is on that day, it's going to be very difficult for people to not understand that Jim's standing for council, he's not standing for state, and then that person who is the candidate for the state election, they then have to battle not only for local resources, because there's also a state by-election in Anala the same day, but trying to navigate and not confuse people who are coming on the day that there is a local government election and a state by election at the same time. Jim's announcement has certainly created some headlines across the opposition and uh, within the party itself. On January 31, 
Rachel Nolan told Steve Austin on ABC Radio, Jim has done the wrong thing. And I'll just play you what Rachel said. I think he's really done the wrong thing by the people of Ipswich West um, and by the Labor Party. I think if you commit, you commit, unless you've got some really sort of very good reason. And I want to be a councillor now is not a really good is not a really good reason. Um, I think being a member of parliament is a bit different from a normal job. It's it's not sort of something from which you can come and go. I think you make a commitment to people. So I do think that that Jim has done the right thing. The wrong Um, thing. Oh, sorry, the wrong thing. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Having said that, you know, he's got a pretty fair profile, so he might well get himself elected to um, to the Ipswich City Council. Mm That was Rachel Nolan speaking with Steve Austin on ABC Radio. Is Rachel being a bit harsh there, Cheryl? I don't think so. And I've heard the similar comment from a lot of uh, local uh, branch members that they're a little bit upset about what's gone on because not only has he put himself before the party and the people who have gone out and helped him get elected, but he's actually made it hard once again for that pre-selected candidate because the time frame for them to turn around and actually get a profile and get known in the community is limited. The funding and resources to actually fund the by-election for these people is difficult. And it's, it's just really hard on the members because he is an independent candidate as a councillor, even though he has ALP membership, just like the other ALP people. How is he going to also staff his polling booth? Because there's only limited resources going around for this to happen. So I'd be guessing there wouldn't be much help from Labor Party local members. They'll be con- concentrating on the state seat. Our other candidates might be more fortunate. That's right, because there's nine polling booths in the city of Ipswich, and, of course, that's without the Brisbane City Hall one and the pre and of course staffing the pre-poll. So you can see there's a lot of booths and a lot of people that will be required to do the work in Div 4 for the council, let alone the state. So even though they'll probably bring resources from outside the city for the state, because it is a a state-endorsed seat, there's still only local people and people like to see local people on the booths, not someone who's been bussed in to hand out. The first week of the campaign is certainly underway. It's still a low number of candidates across the city, let alone in uh, Div 4. Do you expect any more nominations? I expect probably in the next week more nominations to come forward because, as I said, there's a bit more requirement for people to meet to actually lodge their nominations now. So I think they were out there busily collecting those signatures, doing those courses, and I think with that, they're actually now realising the amount of other resources and steps that they need to do to run this campaign. One thing we haven't spoken about yet is campaign donations. Even that's changed a lot in the last few years. Is it right that it's real-time updates on the Electoral Commission website? Absolutely. That was another part of Operation Balkara's requirements because it not only requires the candidate to put that up, but also listing the third parties or any unions that are given any money across. So it's a good way for any residents who wants to have a look to go on and see who has given the money over to their candidate uh, rather than actually being in a registrar that would be seen once you're elected and those people who are unsuccessful you would never see. So I think it's actually evening the playing field. 
I'll put a handy link in the uh, show notes to where that is on the ECQ website. Another thing on the website you can check out, this is the Electoral Commission website, are those people who have actually nominated. And first prize for nominating goes to Sheila Ryland, who is nominating for Mayor, and Josh Addison, who is running for Division 1. At the time of recording, I haven't uh, checked for any updates today, but that's where you can go and see the official list of those who've nominated, apart from the Ipswich Today list on the website. Are there any other tips for candidates? I think that people need to get out and go and introduce themselves to people because what these people have to do once the nominations is get their signs up, get their materials, get their ballot and how to vote cards going, get their T-shirts, organise their volunteers. So there's a lot of work to happen between now and Election Day for the candidates, their campaign managers and their supporters. We'll leave it there, Cheryl Bromwich. We'll catch up again soon as the election date gets closer. Thanks for joining Ipswich today. Thanks, Alan. That's it for this episode. On the next show, Jim Madden on his surprise announcement to run for Division 4. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich Today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.